Amen? Praise God. Brother Martin, would you come? Brother Martin's going to take some time here at the outset tonight, and we'll see where we go from there. Open your spirit. Let the Holy Ghost minister to us tonight. In Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, everybody. Um, I just want to give honor to my pastor and um, to God, you know, for the opportunity to be able to be here tonight. Um, I don't take this lightly. Um, the Lord has really been speaking to me about where I am right now. And, um, you know, I, as, as I came here tonight, I was thinking, I was thinking about something that somebody said to me. Somebody said something to me probably about a couple of weeks ago. And, um, you know, I've been really thinking about that. And so, um, you know, what's really been touching my heart is on this. Somebody told me, they said, have you always been confident? That's what they said to me. And I challenge you to ask yourself that question also. Where is my confidence and who is my confidence and where is my trust? <clears throat> um, I can tell you tonight that I have not always been confident. I didn't grow up that way. That's not what people said to me. They didn't tell me all the things that I would be. They all told me all the things that I would not be. So I had a lack of confidence. Struggled with that. Couldn't look people in the eyes. Had a hard time talking to people. Looked down a lot. Held short conversations. Real short. Nervous. Just looking for a way to get out. I don't want to be here too long. Uh, how long are we going to be there? When can we go? When are we leaving? And so when somebody said that to me, I was blown away. Because, you know, it, it's, it's not my own ability and my own confidence that I'm functioning in. Because when God brought me from where he delivered me from, um, I, I, I mean, I, I, you probably heard it over and over again. I started in the back, back seat. Um, I shook people's hands. But um, today is different. Today's different. You know, I can have conversations with people. I can have direct conversations. I can look people in the eyes. I can say what I feel. Um, I have healthy communication, assertive communication. Um, I can have those conversations today. And I hadn't always been able to do that because I had a lack of confidence. So I wanted to look that up. I looked that word up. And um, the definition of confidence is the feeling or belief that one can rely on someone or something. Rely on someone or something. Having confidence. I rely on God today. He's my someone. He's my someone. Um, so I, I, I wanted to go a little further. I'm like, what's the opposite of that? What's the opposite of that? And, um, you know, I wrote, so I had to write it down. So the opposite of that, I just said lack of confidence. What is that? The definition, the first words that came were low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. I grew up that way. I had it. People told me all the things I'd never be. You will never amount to nothing. You will never be anything. And sometimes when we come to God, those things come with us. And they affect us in our walk. They affect us in our ministry. You know, even six years now into this walk with God, that, those feelings sometimes try to creep in. 
Like, you can't do this. You don't got this. You can't handle this. And I know that's a lie from the pit of hell, and I have to rebuke that at times. And we have to do that. We have to do that. We have to walk in God-given confidence. God-given confidence. Not in my own ability, not in what I can do, not how well I can speak, not how well I can connect with people. Because, remember, I, I was told all the things I'd never be. And I'm sure there may be some people in here tonight, too, that have been told some things that they would never amount to. I know I'm not the only one. I feel like, I mean, I don't know everybody's story, but a lack of confidence, low self-esteem, is when someone lacks confidence about who they are and what they can do. They often feel incompetent, unloved, and inadequate. Those were deep words because I was rooted in that inadequacy. I was rooted in feeling unloved, uncared about. Nobody will ever, nobody will ever, you fill in the blank. Nobody will ever, and I had, I mean, I had so many lines that would go with that. And, um, you know, as I, as I live today, and, uh, and I was searching the scriptures, and, and I'm going to share a couple. I'm not going to take a whole lot of time. I just want to be where God wants me to be, and I want to say what he wants me to say. And, um, you know, sometimes I can find myself even battling with that because sometimes in our own humanity, we try to produce something that is our own. And I do not want to do that. I don't want to operate that way. I don't want to function that way. Uh, and, um, you know, when someone had that conversation, they told me, you know, have you always been confident? I said, no, that was never the case. You know, I can sit across, the, I can sit across directly across from somebody, put my arm around them, hug them, hold their hand, and truly care about them. Truly. I didn't always have that. And, you know, if somebody had tried to do that to me in my past, it was a push away. Don't get close to me. I don't know. It's awkward. It's awkward. You know, I don't feel an awkwardness here tonight when I'm with my pastor. I'm with my, with my brothers. And my, I don't feel an awkwardness. You know, there's unity in the body. And, and I'm believing that we are all connected and intertwined together in this body. And so there's no awkwardness there for me. Now, so, you know, when they said this to me, I, 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 I was reading the scriptures. So I want to start here. I'm going to start in uh, um, chapter, Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. So, it's, it's the first, I want to say the first one through four of the chapters of uh, Exodus, you know, you'll find Moses. And, and Moses has a story of, uh, you know, uh, how Pharaoh had wanted to have all the, the children under two, under two years of age thrown into the, to the river. Or the midwives killed them as they were being born. And so, but, but Moses, God had a plan for Moses. God had a plan for Moses. He made a way out for him. Put him in the basket. Put him down the river. And, um, you know, his story continues on from there. And uh, in this story, you know, you see a lot of bondage and, and, and you know, ex. Uh, Egypt is a type and shadow of bondage. And so I begin to look at this, and I'm like, we're living in a time where people are still afflicted by sin. People are still living in bondage, and there's just a lot of different stuff going on. And, um, you know, as I read the story, I noticed in there that Moses had a, he seen an Egyptian inflict, you know, inflicting some, uh, he was beating on somebody, and Moses killed him. And he tried to hide his body. And nobody would know. And I was like, wow, so he was a killer, you know. 
And I was thinking about that. And he thought that nobody knew. He thought that nobody knew that he had this secret. It was covered up. And nobody knew. But Pharaoh ended up finding out about it and he flees. He flees because now he's, you know, he's, he's gone. And so, you know, he, uh, the Lord speaks to him through the burning bush. But then we come up on this, this chapter here, verse 10. Uh, Exodus 3, verse 10. So it says, come now, therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Verse 11. It says, and Moses said unto God, who am I? Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? You know, when I, when I read that scripture, sometimes we can say, who am I to go out and reach the lost? Who am I to have that position to go out and speak to people or try to minister to people and begin to question that? And, um, you know, I was sharing a, a, a story earlier with with. Uh, with elder, and um, I don't mind sharing the things that I experience and the things that I go through. To me, they're, they're testimonies, but, um, you know, sometimes we're put in opportunities to minister to family members, our family, and sometimes ministering to our family can be one of the most difficult things that we do. Difficult. And I realized that in this, this moment, I mean, I've been in church now for about almost six years, and I've had these conversations with my mother over and over and over again, talking to her about God, talking, I mean, just a bunch of different stuff. But I realized one thing that I'd never done with her was prayed with her. Never asked her. Not once. I was convicted by that. And, um, you know, that's a hard thing to do sometimes. I sat, I sat in the car, and I was talking around because my mom's from in California. I sat in the car, and I said, Mom... I just started apologizing. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I said that like three or four times in a row. And she said, what are you sorry for? And I said, all the people that I spend time with. Started looking at all the people that the Lord puts me in front of. Working with, ministering to, trying to reach, trying to, trying to help. And uh, I was convicted by never asking my mother if I could pray with her. Did I lack confidence there? What was it? You know, the Lord was dealing with me about that. Why is it that, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, but for me, I told her, I said, we need to pray right now. I want to do this. You know, sometimes opening our mouth is difficult to ask somebody. You know, sometimes, I, I mean... I don't want to miss the mark. I do not want to miss it. And sometimes you feel it in the moment. You feel it. You know, like, hey, I, I want to pray with this person. And then we just kind of miss it. And, um, you know, the scripture, Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go? Who am I that I should go? And then verse 12, the really first, the first uh, sentence, it says, and he said, certainly I will be with thee. You know, our confidence can only come from Christ. That's it. It can't come from anything else. It can't come from our status. It can't come from our financial means. 
uh, can't come from the type of clothing that we have on. Because there are certain things in life that can give us confidence, but it's not God-given confidence. You know, if I only had this, then I would be able to do this. If I look good, I might be able to be there. You know, sometimes, and, and I realized that the Lord was speaking to me about that. Like, you know, and you, you, you can see it sometimes in, in people. And I know today that, that God is my source. Like, there's nothing. He's the only one that can give me this confidence that I have today. And I realized that. I realized that. I realized that. That God is going to take each and every one of us somewhere. And we have, an oper- we have a responsibility, I want to say that. I have a responsibility to reach the lost. People that are in bondage. People that are afflicted. People that are going through things. People that need healing. People that need prayer. You know, because I wasn't always the person that just said, hey, can I pray with you? Can I spend time with you? I mean, I want to I know you. I want to know you. And I say that even and I say that even in the classes that I teach, I tell everybody in the classroom, I want to know you. I don't want to just see you. I want to know your name. I don't need to know your story. But if you want to share that with me, then share it. Please, please, I want to know. And sometimes those those things are hard are hard to do as well. So let's go to Exodus chapter after uh, chapter. Hold on a second. Exodus chapter 4, verse 10. Let's start with verse 1. You see Moses here responding to God. He said, and Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hear my voice, for they will say, The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. You know, sometimes when we go out and we talk to people, they're not always going to believe. They're not going to hear us. They're not going to believe us. They're not. We can try to reach people and reach people, but we also have a responsibility to do what God asks us to do, whether they believe it or not. Because sometimes they'll lend you an ear. They'll hear. They'll listen. They'll sit there with you, and you can talk to them about the Word of God. You can flip the pages with them. But they have to ultimately make a decision. They have to ultimately make a decision. What they're hearing but I don't want to be the one that says, you know, I don't think they want to listen to me. I, I don't know if they're going to accept what I have and talk myself out of what God wants me to do before I even get there. That's what lack of confidence can do, too. We can begin to talk ourselves out of stuff and say, I don't know, man. Uh, they wouldn't want to hear from a guy like me. Um, you know, I've even heard people say stuff like, you know, I can re- you can reach people that we can't. And I, and I believe that sometimes that, that to be true. But then I also have another example of a man of God who's never been through anything that I've been through, but he was able to minister and speak into my life. Never did a drug, never been to jail, never been to prison. But God, through his infinite word, spoke to me. And he'll use a man, and he'll use you, he'll use a sister, he'll use a brother to speak. It doesn't just have to come from the man of God because we can all be men of God, women of God. And God can use each and every single one of us. I understand that today, but there's a responsibility that I have. And I'm understanding that my confidence has to be in him. 
Because if my confidence is not in him and I'm always trying to produce something on my own, it's not going to work out the way that I think it's going to work out. I'm not trying to win people to me. Not trying to do that. You know, and I was, a, I was in awe when I was reading this because, you know, Moses is, is telling the Lord how he cannot and how he's not good at. And you'll see this in verse 10, Exodus 4, verse 10. It says, and Moses said unto the Lord, oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither heretofore, nor since thou hast spoken unto thy servant. But I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said to him, who hath man, who hath made man's mouth or who maketh the dumb or deaf or seen or the blind? Have, I, have not I the Lord now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. The Lord's saying that he's going to be with you. He's going to speak through you. He's going he's gonna to teach you what you shall say. You know, um, sometimes we can get on the way of that and want to say what we want to say. And sometimes we just don't yield to God to what he wants to say. And sometimes we're afraid to say what God wants us to say because we don't want to offend. We don't want to scare. We don't want to push away. Um, you know, I'm not trying to hurt people. We want to try to love people and, 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 and have, a, have a boldness and a confidence to do this the right way. You know, and, and I've experienced these things as we get, begin to live for God. You know, I, I've learned through what God has used my mouth for. I'll say something like, and this is what I've said, and I realize it now because uh, when I'm talking to somebody, I'll say, hey, I'd like to say something to you if that's okay. And they're like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. And... um I can feel when I'm in a conversation where God's leading and directing, and there's this flow that's happening. And I said, okay, here we go. And then I yield to that. And I begin to speak what God puts in my heart. They're not just feel-good words and what I want to say to people to make them feel good and feel comforted. I mean, if they do, great. If that's what the Lord's doing, and, and then great. But, but I've noticed that as I began to talk with people, people have wept. And I'm like, that's not me. That's not me. You know, it's not me that is making people weep. It's the spirit of God that's flowing through me, that's flowing to the person that's ministering to them. And God begins to move upon their life and upon their heart. You know, verse 13 says, and he said, oh, my Lord, send, I pray thee, by the hand of him who thou wilt send. He, you know, Moses wanted to send somebody else. Not me. Not me. And... um you know, it's uh, I want God to use me even all the times when I say not me. Not me. Because I'm human. I'm human and I go through stuff sometimes. I'm like, God, I don't know. I don't know. Not me. I can't do this. But I know that there's those times that I have to walk in confidence. I have to have a confidence in him to move to the next place that he wants me to go. I have, a, have to have a confidence that comes from him that gives me a liberty to say what he wants me to say. And I said, I haven't always had that. And so when people see that today, 
I understand that they're not seeing me. They're seeing what God's done in me. You know, this confidence that I have today, I'm not boasting. I'm not boasting. I, I, I want to be humble and, and have humility in that, in everything that I do. Um, I don't want to walk around proud and feel like I've arrived. I'm here now. You see me? I'm here now. And, you know, uh, you know, such a beautiful thing when God begins to change and, and change your life. And when he begins not only to change it, when he begins to reveal it to you. Because the revelation comes in the recognition and the seeing. When we ask God and we pray, God, give me eyes to see, we begin to see transformation. We begin to hear. When he says, God, anoint my ears, we begin to hear. And that's what I'm hearing. I'm, I'm hearing confidence. Why did why that word say? What? And, I, and I'm, okay, God, you're speaking to me. I hear you. I see you. And I see the work that you're doing not only in me but in my brothers. Because God's going to be using us here. I, I know the Lord is taking us somewhere. We are going somewhere, and I want to go with him. I got two scriptures here I want to finish with. Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 says, Cast not away. Therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. I don't want to cast my confidence away. I don't want to say I don't have it. I can't do this. I, I want God-given confidence today. I think we all desire that. If we had that God-given confidence today, today, you know, I've heard elders say a couple of times, you know what God did with 12 men? God-given confidence. I mean, we could change these valleys. You know, I, I want to have that God-given confidence today. And I got this last verse here. It says 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 through 15. And this, and this is the confidence that we have in him, in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. He hears us. You know, I pray tonight when I ask God, I said, God, give me liberty. Give me the confidence that comes from you and you alone. I need that in my life today. I don't want to operate without that. I don't want to operate in my own ability. I don't want to function in my humanity. I am human, but God, I need you spiritually revealing, showing, leading, directing. And I realized just in these last couple of weeks that, you know, the Lord will rearrange your schedule. He will rearrange your schedule. And he will put you in positions where he's going to ask of you to say something, to speak. And, uh, you know, I don't want to find myself questioning God at times. Why me? Why not my brother? Why not my sister? They can do it better than I can. Or, hey, let me take my brother over here. They can do the Bible study. I'll just sit along. I, I, I want to be able to be in that place where God orders me to be and say what he allows me to say. We could just pray really quick.
Lord God, we worship you tonight. Lord, I love you and I trust you, Father. I pray your strength here tonight. I pray your God-given confidence, Lord, that can only come from you tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that you would lead each and every one of us here tonight. That you would speak into our lives, God. That your anointing would be upon our ears, Father. That your anointing would be upon our eyes tonight. Lord, that your anointing would be upon our lips, oh God. That what you ask of us to do, God, that we would do it willingly, Father. That we would step aside, Father. And that we would yield to you. That we would submit to you, God. For your purpose, for your leading, for your directing, God. I want to go where you ask me to go. I want to say what you ask me to say, Jesus. I'm trusting you, God. I thank you and I worship you, God. In Jesus' name I pray. In Jesus' name. The Lord is challenging us because he's seeking to get us to engage, to engage. How many of you would say that for you, and I realize this won't be the whole room by any stretch, how many of you say, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm a person that has self-confidence. Raise your hand. Try that again. I want you to participate, please. How many of you say, yeah, I have self-confidence? Okay. It's not very many, right? Now, that was sort of a trick question. It's sort of a trick question. Right? The goal is to not have self-confidence. Now, now, the goal isn't to, to be, oh, you know, I can't do anything. I don't have any ability. I, I, that's people that swing the other way. Okay, but our confidence is not in ourself, as Brother Martin has been teaching tonight. Self-confident. So if you didn't raise your hand, you should thank God right now. Not that you did not. Listen to me. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. You should thank God, not that you, you're not going, oh, God, thank you, I didn't raise my hand, and I'm holier than all those people that did. No, if you're, because here's where you were when I said, do you have self-confidence? You're like, no, man, me, I don't. I can't raise my hand. I, you should thank God. Okay, God, I won't struggle with having to overcome confidence in myself. I'll know it's you if it happens. Does that make sense? Philippians 3 and 3 comes to mind. The Apostle Paul is talking there to the church at Philippi. And it's interesting what he says. He's talking about uh, circumcision because he's talking about people that have followed the law. You know, crossed the T's, dotted the I's, done everything right, so to speak. For we are the circumcision which worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence. In the flesh. Our confidence is not in our abilities. Okay. Not in our abilities. The 
the biggest struggle oftentimes to be used of God is to be used of God in the things that you're just good at anyway. Because the tendency is to rely on your own ability. Oh, I can talk to anybody. That's good. Do you let God talk to anybody, or is that just a characteristic of your personality that just comes through all the time? Now, God can use your personality. You understand he'll use that to connect with people. But is it God, or is it my personality? That's the danger of charisma. Charisma can be very influencing to people. I don't want to win people to my charismatic personality if you have one. I want to win them to Christ. It's got to be a work of his spirit. So no confidence in the flesh. What's interesting about that, we won't read it, but if you read Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul says, you think you got stuff to be confident in your flesh about? He says, let me tell you my list of things I've done and who I am that I could be confident about in my flesh. And he names his pedigree, all of his background, all of his learning, all of his training, all of his spiritual, that's not the right word, all of his religious upbringing and learning. The best teachers, Pharisee of the Pharisees, touching the law, perfect. I can't say that. And then he made this statement about all of his learning and all of the things in his own ability that should give him confidence. He said, I count all of it as dung. What? Hold on a minute. What, 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 what do you mean? Those are things you should. He said, I count it all dung for one purpose. I just want to know Christ. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. I want to know him in the power of resurrection. I want to be made conformable to his image. This is important. Um, you know that the 11 disciples, the 11 apostles after the crucifixion, they were hiding in a room. They were meeting together behind closed doors. Before they'd been meeting out in the open. Oh no, now they were behind closed doors. They lacked confidence. Is that a fair statement? Jesus, to come see them, had to walk through the door. Not like open the door and walk through. He went through the door. What happened to Peter between being locked behind the door and meeting, denying the Lord, lacking confidence to even declare that he knew him when he was being judged, denying the Lord and then meeting behind closed doors and then going, I can't do this and running and going back to fishing. And then 40-something days later, he's standing up in the middle of Jerusalem saying, you crucified the Messiah. Well, he got some boldness and confidence from somewhere, didn't he? Yeah. What happened? What happened? He got filled with the Holy Ghost. You read that? He received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, evidenced by speaking in other tongues, as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power for what? 
You shall receive power after the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. You'll open your mouth and speak, even if you didn't have the confidence. But once you get the Holy Ghost, you'll have power come on you. It's not my power. My Well, I'm just not that type of person. I'm sort of quiet. I'm to myself. Yeah, that's you trusting in yourself. Your own abilities. How many of you have ever taken a personality test? Raise your hand. Not as many as I would have thought. You know, where you like at work, they have you take a little thing and it tells you about your personality. You're this or you're that or you're whatever, right? I've done so many. I'm about tired of doing them. I could. So uh, every personality test I've ever taken, I am an introvert in every way. True story. I, I am an introvert. I'm much better by myself. I leave me alone. I don't need to be around crowds. I don't need to be in people. You know, you get me in a room full of people, like at some function, I'm, I'm the guy that's just content to go over in the corner. And if somebody talks to me, I'll talk to them. Otherwise, I'm okay. Leave me alone, right? I'm, I'm the introvert. Now, most of you in this room don't know me that way. It's because you don't know me after the flesh. What you experience and you see is not who I am. It's the calling of God, the working of the Spirit of God, and then hopefully learning along the journey to yield to that. So I can make excuses for my type of personality. I can make excuses, or I can go, hold on a minute, no more excuses. I'm a child of God filled with the Spirit of God. More important than knowing who I am, I know whose I am. The Lord's really wanting us to get this so that we will speak the word of God. He knows what the people you're connected to need. How many of you have read the book of Acts? Look at that. The more questions I ask, the more hands we're getting. That's good. That's good. Okay. Read the book of Acts. How many of you have ever prayed for yourself? Raise your hand. Look at that. See, we're getting more hands and more questions I ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, in the book of Acts, the church prayed for themselves. Did you know that? You know what they prayed for themselves? Uh, Lord, give me a better job so I'll make more money. No, nope, they didn't pray that. Lord, give us a better building. This house-to-house thing's getting old. You know what they prayed? Lord, give us boldness that we may speak. Search more than once. You find recorded in the book of Acts. When they prayed for themselves, the early church, this was their prayer. Lord, give us boldness to speak. Where does that boldness come from? It comes from him. Him. It's interesting, even in prayer, you can read in the book of Hebrews. I thought it's what Brother Martin was going to read when he referenced Hebrews. I thought, oh, he's going there. 
you can read in Hebrews, you and I, in prayer, we have boldness to come before the throne of God. We have confidence to come before the throne of God because of ourself, because of what we've done. No, we have boldness to come before the throne of God because of the blood of the Lamb. That which He has done gives us boldness, a confidence in Him. Would you stand with me tonight? The Holy Ghost is wanting to use each and every one of you. God is no respecter of persons. But I have to open my mouth. I have to take action. I have to, I have to, you say, man, I don't know how to press through. Well, then maybe start by acts of service or something. And that'll open a door. But the Lord knows the needs of those you're connected to. I just, that just keeps turning in my heart. Not only does he know your need, he knows the needs of those you're connected to. So I want us to pray before we go. And I want us to pray some very specific things in your own words, in your own way. Only if you genuinely want God to do this. Because when we pray, I'm believing God will respond and begin to do these things. I'm not interested in praying and hope. I want to pray believing and knowing he responds. I want us to pray for a God-given confidence and a boldness. And I want us to pray for a spiritual sensitivity Spiritual sensitivity to engage. Okay? I hear, I hear some of you on, what does that mean, spiritual sensitivity to? Let me tell you a quick story. Might help. I know you're standing, so am I. It'll be okay. Watch. It's been some years ago. My wife was traveling with the kids that we had at that time. I think they were back visiting family. I was home by myself, sleeping in the middle of the night like all smart people do. And uh, I woke up. It was probably 3.30, quarter to 4 in the morning, if I remember right. I woke up, and... You know what I immediately thought, what immediately came into my thoughts? Get milk. None of you were thinking that, were you? <laughs> That's what happened. Get milk. It wasn't the ad or anything like that. It was like, go get milk. Like, oh, got milk? I woke up thinking, no, no, no. I Go get milk. I'm like, what? That's the last thing I think of. 
Even if I know we need it, that's the last thing I think of. And I'm like, you're losing your mind. You must have, like, heard something before you went to bed or during the day, and it's stuck in your memory, right? And you're not. But, I mean, it just kept getting louder. Go get milk. And I'm thinking, okay, this must be God. I'm, okay, this, God's wanting me to get, okay. Because I, I was really spiritual. I got up, and I went and looked in the refrigerator, and we had milk. I said, Lord, we, we have milk. Because he didn't know. Lord, we have milk. And it, like all I heard, go get milk. And I knew, okay, I don't know what this means or what this is about, but I can tell the Spirit of the Lord is dealing with me right now. Now, that's a real spiritual message from God, I know. But I could tell he was dealing with me. Spiritual sensitivity, I knew. So I thought there ain't many people up and moving about right now. So I throw my sweatpants and my hoodie, jumped in my little Nissan Pathfinder that we had at the time, drove down to the Fred Meyer Marketplace. That's like a grocery store only, not a full-scale Fred Meyer where we lived at the time. Pull up to the front door. They were not open. It's four in the morning. They weren't open. So I sat there in the parking lot right by the front door for a minute, and I'm like, okay, God, here I am. Am I supposed to sit here till they open? Is there, right, I'm processing all this in my, I'm praying about it. Some of my human wrestling and reasoning, right? You, sometimes you work through that when you're trying to be spiritually sensitive. And so, there I am. I'm like, okay, well, I came. I'm not supposed to wait. I, I guess I need to go. I think there's a safe way about a mile and a half, two miles up the road. Not as close to my house, but I, I think they're 24 hours. I guess I'll go there and get milk. I was on a get milk mission. Talk about being spiritually sensitive. I start driving across the parking lot. And I see a man walking around the perimeter of the parking lot. It's a Fred Meyer marketplace, like grocery store. And there's a couple restaurants or a restaurant, like a fast food restaurant out in front. A little strip mall thing. In this, so, and I could tell, I, I see, I could tell. It was an early morning walk, and clearly it was their exercise because they were walking the perimeter. You could tell they were just walking the perimeter of this big parking lot. And I felt the Lord say, go talk to him. And I'm like you. I just readily agreed with the Lord and didn't even question anything or ask anything. I just thought, okay, right? Is that how you do it? Talk about spiritual sensitivity. This, we're asked, remember, we're going to pray for God to give us spiritual sensitivity, but sometimes we overthink it. So what did I do? Like, God, if I pull up on him in the dark here at 4 in the morning, I don't know if he's, like, packing just because he's out here. I, you know, I don't, we didn't live in the greatest neighborhood at that time. But it didn't leave me, so I pull over. I roll the window down. I, I was a safe distance, right? I didn't want to startle the guy, and and he was a he was a big man. He was like probably six five, uh, and he had on his sweatpants stuff. Like that. He was exercising, African American gentleman. So, excuse me, sir. Got his attention. I was sort of a little timid there. 
yeah, you know, he, I could feel a little his defensive just being ready on guard. Four in the morning, who's pulling up and what's going on? I said, I know this might sound strange. And I'm telling you, for the next few minutes, there was a flow. I had words to say to him. And I, I don't remember all the words I said, but I remember specifically the Lord being like, you may think nobody sees you out here, but God woke me up to come tell you he knows where you are. He saw you in this parking lot and sent me here. I mean, it, it just, the words started flowing. I, I knew God had sent me to talk to this man. I had spiritual sensitivity when he woke me up and told me to go get milk. Got it? Now, fast forward almost two years later. I left him. I could tell there was a witness. He was receiving it. He was trying to process it all like, what in the world? But I could tell he knew this is a God encounter. I left. Two years later, I was at the church one morning early praying, finished. There was a group of us, uh, some guys I worked with, we were talking about climbing Mount Rainier. So we're like, we better get in shape before we do that. And so I got done. I'd been talking about it. I'd never done it. I'd been talking about getting in shape. And so I literally, I I thought, you know what? I got done with prayer. I'm like, you know what? It's a nice morning. I'm going to go to the high school near my house, and I'm going to run the stairs. I'm going to start getting in shape. I'm going to start running stairs. So I went to the high school. I parked. I got out there. I was being super spiritual running stairs, right? You know, that's a real spiritual thing. Not really. I'm running stairs. I'm going, first time I'd ever done it, but I thought I'm going to start now. I'm up the stairs and down the stairs and up the stairs and down the stairs, up the stairs. And I'm coming back down the stairs and I look across the track and there's a man walking around the track. And though it's been almost two years, I recognize immediately that's the same man I talked to in the parking lot almost two years ago. Different place. And so now I'm like, now I had no, the first situation when I met him, and for sake of time, I'll spare you the rest of the story. You can ask me later and I'll tell you about it. But we engaged again. The the first time I knew God is telling me, God is leading me, God is instructing me. And then I had to open my mouth and I knew there was a flow. The second time I was just doing what I thought I was doing. Going to run stairs to get ready. But there was spiritual sensitivity and I didn't even realize it. God was using where I was to get me where he needed me. And then I just had to be aware while I was there. Why do I share those two differences? Because sometimes we think the only way spiritual sensitivity works is if I'm, I heard and God said and then I did versus, hold on, I'm a child of God filled with the Spirit of God. If I stay in fellowship and communion with Him, He can really, according to His Word that is true, He can order my steps. I don't have to, ooh, ah, hold on a minute, oh. Let me see, should I go to Walmart or Fred Meyer right now? I'm waiting on the Holy Ghost to see which one to go to. Should I go down the produce aisle first or do I go to the cookie aisle first? No. 
I go about my day in fellowship with God. I start my day in fellowship with him. And then the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. That's his word. And if I'm in fellowship and communion and I'm seeking to have spiritual sensitivity, my eyes are open spiritually. My spirit is open. I'm listening. And I recognize something. I don't necessarily hear God say, that's it. Go talk to them right now. Some people it works that way. Not for me usually. I just recognize something. I'm like, you know, why not? Really? Why not? And then something happened to take place. And after I'm like, man, that was God. Why am I telling you this? Because I think sometimes we think that spiritual sensitivity means I always hear and know before it ever happens. No, it just means I'm ready, available, and willing. When I see what looks like an open door, I'm going to step through it. Well, what happens if it's not God and it's not you? It's just you. Well, as long as you're showing the love of God and being kind and... How do you develop spiritual sensitivity? Practice. Some of you won't step out in faith because you're afraid afraid you'll miss it. Guess what? You will miss it. Get up. Try again. And you learn. You learn. Hold on, though. This I should have. And then you start recognizing. You get through exercise. You become. That's practice. And you become more sensitive. Oh, no. This is I recognize this is God. Here's why. And you begin to learn a sensitivity to the spirit of God as you crucify your flesh. Spiritual sensitivity. Okay, let's pray right now. Lord Jesus Christ, in your holy name, you have called us. You have called us individually and collectively. You have called us as a people to walk in the power of your spirit. You have called us to be used for your glory and your honor. You have chosen us in you. You have ordained us, Father. I pray in each one of us who desire and are willing, let there be a spiritual sensitivity come as we fellowship you, as we fellowship your word, and as we seek to be in alignment with you and your word and your will. I pray a spiritual sensitivity, a boldness to speak, a confidence that flows from your spirit and from your word, O Lord. Use each one of your people. Let us step in faith. Let us speak in faith. Let us act in faith. Faith in your word. Faith in you. Faith in what you've done and what you can do and will do. Let us walk in faith, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ, let us exercise ourselves in these things, Lord. Let us step and walk in faith, an anointing upon our eyes to see the kingdom, an anointing upon our ears to hear your voice, a heart that's anointed and willing to obey, Father. I pray a spiritual sensitivity given of the Holy Ghost. 
given of the Holy Ghost, an awareness in our day, an awareness in our lives, a willingness to engage, trusting not in our own self, but in your spirit operating in us and through us to accomplish your will, that the love of God would flow through us, that the spirit of God would minister through us, that signs and wonders would be done through the hands of your people that is your body by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. In your name I pray, in Jesus' name, that you would be glorified. That you would be glorified. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Here I am, Lord. Come on, would you pray that if you're willing? Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me, Lord. I make myself available to you. Not because I'm perfect, far from it, but because you're a perfect God. Not because I possess ability, but because you can do all things. Not because I've figured it all out, but because you are the answer, Lord. I can do all things through you who strengthens me. You are able to do exceeding abundantly above all I can ask or even think by your power that works in me. Jesus, here I am. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me, Lord. I submit myself to you. I submit my schedule to you. I submit my life to you. I submit all that I have to you. I submit to you by your grace and by your word, by your spirit working in and with me. Here I am, Lord. Use me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Now go in faith.